We are so excited to have Hebrew College here today, and we will be learning sweet Torah, really sweet Torah, and probably problematic Torah also, I, I have, right? It comes together. And we'd like to welcome, please, our teacher, Rabbi Sharon Anisfeld, an example and a reason to keep going. Never give up. Shabbat shalom. I want to first thank uh, all of you and all of our hosts at Romamu. Um, this is our, we think, we have a little trouble with them counting, uh, but we think this is our fifth Hebrew college, Romamu Shabbaton. Um, and I just want to say that the the grace with which this community practices hachnasat orchim, the mitzvah of welcoming guests, is um, really deep and palpable. And so um, we're both filled with gratitude and have great admiration for the work that you're doing here. And we feel in many ways uh, that we're part of a shared project. So Rabbi, Rabbi Diane uh, spoke last night about what it means to come back from a place of deep disconnection, of hurt, of abandonment, betrayal, and to begin to build again, to begin to love again. Last week's Parsha, Kitisa, recounts what is quite possibly the lowest moment in the relationship between God and the people of Israel in the entire Torah. We remember last week when Moshe and God became aware of the chasm between what was happening on top of the mountain and what was happening down below. It was devastating. And it was such a low point precisely because it had the potential to be such a high point. Right, that of course is the truth of our sharpest disappointments and our deepest betrayals. They're so intimately bound up with our greatest hopes and our deepest loves. The return from that broken place in our relationship with God is the extraordinary promise of the end of last week's Parsha. God's promise to try again to allow for tshuva, carved into the second set of tablets, which were taught are brought down to us on Yom Kippur. Tablets of forgiveness and reconciliation. That's the promise of Kitisa. But then there's the next day. According to the Midrash, that's where we find ourselves this Shabbat as we move into Parshat Vayakhu. It's the day after Yom Kippur. It's the day after the second set of tablets. It's the day after we've taken the risk of starting again. This is where we are. Forgiveness is a profound and important beginning, but then what? What will we bring? What will we build? How will we keep going, keep loving, keep trying again? 
A Midrash in Shemot Rabbah on this week's Parsha says, B'Tzalel came and healed the wound. Ba B'Tzalel veripeh et hamakah. B'Tzalel came and healed the wound. B'Tzalel, the artist who led the people in the building of the Mishkan, of the Holy Tabernacle, the one whose name means Bitzel El, in God's shadow, came and healed the wound of the golden calf. How did he do this? In what way, really, did Bitzel El make possible a healing, a tikkun, a repair, a process of tshuva for the building of the golden calf? This particular Midrash goes on to answer the question by way of a somewhat puzzling analogy. It is like, we are told, a medical student, I kid you not, (laughs) who puts a bandage on a wound and the wound is healed and everyone praises the student. And his teacher says to them, wait a minute. Praise me, because I taught him. Similarly, the Midrash says, everyone would say that Salel, in his wisdom and understanding, made the tabernacle. And God said, it was me who created him and taught him. And for this reason, the Midrash says, Moses made a point of saying in this week's reading, behold, God called Bitzalel by name. Now, when I first read this Midrash, I confess that I found God's need for recognition here to be both endearing and reassuring. (laughs) I generally have a penchant for Midrashim that portray God as needier than I am. Um, And I love that this Midrash suggests that when we crave recognition, we are acting in the divine image. But... I have come to think that there's something else going on here, something much more important, something actually very poignant, something that goes to the heart of the repair taking place through the building of the Mishkan. The people needed to understand that this was not just about B'Tzalel because that is precisely where the sin of the golden calf began. The people, understandably but tragically, thought it was all about Moses. And when he disappeared, they panicked. They were terrified because Moses had been gone for so long. Where would they be without him? This scarred and scared band of former slaves thought everything depended on him. They confused him with the God who led them out of Egypt, which it turns out is no better and no worse than confusing a calf of gold with the God who led them out of Egypt. They could not yet understand that the spirit of that liberating God was with them. And more than that, that that spirit was within each of them. 
Indeed, another Midrash in Shemot Rabbah says that Betzalel was filled with the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim, and then it immediately goes on to say, and not only this, don't think it was just Betzalel. Kol Every person who was busy with the building of the Mishkan, every person who engaged in the building of the Mishkan, had planted within her chokma, bina, and da'at, wisdom, insight, and understanding from the Holy Blessed One. This is the wound that was healed through B'Tzalel. The people needed to understand that this journey of creating a holy community, of building a dwelling place for God, not in heaven, but here on earth, had to be, by definition, about each and every one of them. It depends on the gifts of the entire community, those of that generation and those of generations still to come. This brings me to us. One of my favorite verses in this week's Parsha actually comes after the people have brought all their gifts. They've responded to the call to create the Mishkan with overwhelming generosity. Nedivut lev. We're told generosity of heart. So overwhelming, in fact, that Moses has to tell them to stop. So the people stopped bringing, we're told, and then it says, Their efforts were enough. Vihoter and there was even leftover. So they had to bring their contributions with overflowing generosity, and then they had to stop. The Hasidic master, the Kedushat Levi, understands this verse this way. They understood that their gifts were sufficient. They left room for the gifts of generations still to come. Just as the building of the Mishkan depended upon B'Tzalel, but not B'Tzalel alone, it depends on each of us, but on none of us alone. And it depends on each generation, but on no generation alone. When we link our lives to this awareness, we link our lives to something much larger and more enduring than ourselves. On the day my father died, he said only three words. A nurse was giving him spoonfuls of cranberry juice to keep his mouth from getting too dry. And gently she said to him, tell me if you've had enough. And even though he hadn't spoken in days, a minute later he opened his eyes and quietly said, I've had enough. So he was talking about the cranberry juice, of course. But for me, these words were a gift. It felt like it was his way of letting us know that he who had fought so fiercely for more time had finally had enough, had done enough, had given enough, had been enough. 
and that he trusted us to carry on the hard work he had so lovingly done. So my bracha for, for us on this morning, on this Parsha of the next day, is that we remember and help each other remember that every day is the next day. Every generation is building the Mishkan. And every person is an artist needed in this beautiful and sometimes heartbreaking building project for which we need God's help and God also needs ours. Shabbat Shalom.